From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Otolaryngology is the oldest medical specialty in the United States. It's the specialty that's focused on diseases and disorders of the ears, nose, and throat, plus related structures of the head and neck. Today, we're going to explore this specialty with Dr. Sherard Tatum. He's a professor of otolaryngology and pediatrics who's the interim chair of the department. He also is the medical director for cleft and cranial facial surgery, and he directs facial plastic and reconstructive surgery at Upstate. Welcome, Dr. Tatum. Thank you. So I noticed on your biography that your education and training is extensive. So I wanted to start by asking you to explain, um, after medical school, what was your training, what, in, what was included in your training? I did uh, two years of general surgery residency, three years of otolaryngology, head and neck surgery residency, a year of craniomaxillofacial surgery in Germany, and another year of facial plastic and reconstructive surgery in California. Wow, so that's uh, seven or eight years, seven years in yeah. addition to medical school. So, wow. And then um, pediatrics is part of that? In your situation, you're also? Certainly, uh, pediatric otolaryngology is a, is a major component of otolaryngology, and uh, it, it de- delves into some of the more um, difficult problems that children can have with um, their airway and feeding and ear disease. Okay. So tell me about the history of otolaryngology, because um, I read that it's the oldest medical specialty. It's been around since the 1800s. There was a society called the Triological, uh, which uh, was a combination of otology, rhinology, and laryngology. And although the specialty is otolaryngology, which is Latin for ear and throat, uh, a lot of people refer to it as otorhinolaryngology to include the nose. Uh, We were the second specialty to join the American Board of Medical Specialties back in 1926. And we were actually um, partnered with ophthalmology for about 50 years. And then in uh, 1977, uh, we we separated and became two totally separate specialties. But in the old days, we were eye, ear, nose, and throat. Why did they put the eye together? Just because of proximity? I think it was just, yeah, it was similar... um, sort of instrumentation and, um, and anatomic proximity. Um, but in the 70s, it, it just became too much for, to learn all of what you needed to know to be good with the eyes and to be good with your nose and throat. So that's why it's separated. Well, that makes sense. Well, I want to talk um, about what the common problems that an otolaryngologist would take care of, because there's a, a wide array. Um, so let's start out with Otology? Is that part of? Sure. Otolaryngology is a a term, a Latin term that includes uh, ear and throat, and some some places refer to themselves as otorhinolaryngologists. Uh, Otology uh, would be the uh, subspecialty dealing with problems of the ear. Neurootology is even a a subspecialty of that. And they include problems with hearing, um, balance, uh, ringing in the ears, uh, tumors, and uh, inflammation, infection of the ear and temporal bone, which is the part of the skull where the ear lives. And some of those, it sounds like, might be, um, I don't know, acute issues, and some may be more of a long-term thing, right? Sure. Uh, there are um, definitely acute and chronic versions of many um, disorders of the ear. And then you mentioned neuroautology. Neuro deals with nerves, right? Right. That's dealing with um, the area behind the middle ear where you have the connection of the uh, hearing mechanism and balance mechanisms to the brain. 
and there can be uh, tumors and uh, chronic inflammatory problems that get that far in that need very highly specialized care. Right, and then rhinology, that's... The study of the nose or the nose. care of the nose, and that would be include sinuses and allergy. And rhinology has uh, developed tremendously in the last 20 years. Um, rhinologists are now able to do uh, brain surgery through the nose, and there are many uh, tumors uh, and other types of conditions that can be dealt with uh, endoscopically through the nose that uh, once required the head to be opened up. Wow. Interesting. Okay, and then laryngology, the throat. Laryngology, uh, the throat, it also includes bronchoesophagology, and that's basically the voice box, the upper airway, and the throat and the swallowing mechanism, the esophagus and pharynx. So uh, the things that you're mentioning, um, it occurs to me that there there might be a lot of overlap with other medical specialties. When you talk about breathing, I think of pulmonology. Sure. If, is there a lot of collaboration, or how does that get worked out? We do uh, work very frequently with pulmonologists and with thoracic surgeons. Uh, our um, area sort of ends at the clavicles or the, the collarbones, uh, but we frequently perform diagnostic endoscopies that uh, go further down, and we, we will uh, often do those in conjunction with uh, a pulmonologist or a thoracic surgeon. And then in the esophagus, we work with the gastroenterologist. Okay. And we work with the pediatric specialists of, of all of those also. In the central New York region, the patients that you see here, um, which ones uh, are the most, do you see the most of? Well, that's a kind of a tough question. We, we have such a broad, uh, we see a lot of trauma. Uh, we see a lot of uh, children with um, sort of routine problems, uh, tonsils, adenoids, ear tubes, a lot of sinus conditions, um, a fair amount of head and neck cancer, and so, in my line of work, a, f a fair amount of uh, birth defects of the face, head and neck. Okay, great. Well, um, primary care providers probably see, a, see and treat a lot of patients with ear infections, sinus problems and such. At what point do they generally refer a patient to an ear, nose, and throat specialist? It usually comes down to... Um, the success in managing the problem, uh, or the recurrence of it, or the uh, longevity of the problem. Um, frequently, uh, a few sore throats or ear infections or sinus infections are easily managed by primary care. But once it becomes recurrent and uh, starting to really impact the, the patient's life uh, or chronic in the sense that they can't ever get it to clear up, then that's often uh, when uh, specialty referral is is valuable. All right. Do you have, um, for someone who has an appointment coming up with an ear, nose, and throat doctor, their primary care has set up an appointment, do you have any advice for um, how the patient can best prepare for that appointment? Well, I think with any, uh, any medical appointment, it's uh, very useful for the patient to review their own medical history and make sure they come with all the information that's needed their allergies, their medications, their previous medical problems and surgeries, any imaging studies or, or lab work that's already been done, and, and really review in their heads the, the history of the problem they're coming for, when it started, 
how uh, how bad is it? Is it intermittent or continuous? Are there things that make it better or worse? All, those are all very useful to a, a specialist. All right, good to know. Well, I've got some more questions, but let me remind listeners. This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with otolaryngologist and cleft and craniofacial surgery expert, Dr. Sherard Tatum. Um, you mentioned uh, there's some other things, too, that ear, nose, and throat specialists do. Um, head and neck surgery, facial plastic and reconstructive surgery, and, and things of that nature. Is that a big part of your day? It's a huge part of my day, um, and uh, that's mostly uh, what I do. Um, basically, otolaryngology um, envelops everything above the shoulders uh, except for the, uh, the eyeball and the brain. So uh, any um, trauma or cancer uh, or congenital defects of the face, head, and neck are within uh, my purview. And uh, we can usually um, improve the appearance and function of people that have those kind of problems. Do you see a lot of tum- cancerous tumors? I, I have partners that actually see the tumors, and then once the tumor has been removed, I come in re- and repair the defect and try to restore function and appearance. I was going to ask about um, the most gratifying part of your work, and it seems like a good part of your work is surgical. Yes, it is. Um, certainly the children. There's um, The most gratifying thing is to see a, a young uh set of parents uh, see their child after their cleft lip has been repaired and uh, see the, the baby's face restored to uh, something that they're really very happy about. And that's a subspecialization within this is uh, cleft palate repair, right? Yeah, that was what those extra two years after otolaryngology training were for me was to learn the congenital reconstructive work. Now, how common is that? It's a birth defect, right? The clefts? They're around uh, one in six or seven hundred births. Okay. So you probably, how many do you do in a year in the Syracuse area? Maybe about 40, 50. Um, We're the main referral center for that uh, in central New York. Uh, um, Between Rochester and Albany, they have cleft centers themselves. And how soon does a baby um, need to have the surgery after they're born? Is it something that's urgent to get done in the first year? or What's urgent usually is managing their feeding needs. A lot of children with uh, clefts have trouble feeding. So we like to see them as soon after birth as possible to um, gauge their uh, feeding abilities. Uh, the cleft makes it hard for them to suck. Um, but the repair is not necessarily done right away, usually somewhere in the first one to three months for a cleft lip and then in the first year for a cleft palate. And is it um, typically one surgery that can fix? One surgery for the one? lip, or one or two, and uh, one or two for the palate. It depends on the extent of the, of the clefting. All right. Now, you're the um, interim chair of the department um, for ear, nose, and throat. That's correct. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how the field of otolaryngology has changed since you got out of medical school? Yes, when I was uh, um, just starting residency, endoscopic work was just beginning, uh, endoscopic sinus surgery. And what endoscopic is? A, a telescope in the nose that allows us to very precisely uh, remove tissue and open sinus openings and, and things like that that we used to do with the naked eye. Oh. 
things like lasers have uh, developed dramatically uh, over the uh, that time period. Um, the approach to head and neck cancer has changed a lot. Uh, the management of uh, allergy has uh, improved significantly. So there's more um, options to offer for allergy sufferers, and yes. Um, I was also going to ask, are there diseases or disorders that you're seeing a lot more of or a lot less of these days? Well, uh, going back to trauma, airbags have uh, reduced the amount of uh, vehicular trauma, uh, but there's still quite a bit of it. Um, the management of some of the uh, infectious problems uh, have improved and reduced the amount of surgery needed to to do to take care of them. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned airbags and you've mentioned trauma um, quite a bit. It, the, are you called in when there's um, like a traffic accident and someone has suffered it, just facial trauma, right? Yes. Well, uh, as you might imagine, many people who have been in traffic accidents so, suffer multiple injuries. So the face might be part of it, the, the head, the chest, the abdomen, the legs, all, arms, all that can be involved in uh, a major car wreck. So you'd be part of a team. There'd part be other doctors team. working on different parts. Yes. Okay. Interesting. So that adds, um, in terms of a physician's life, that adds you've got some urgent on-call work. You've got scheduled surgery, too. You've got office visits. A little bit of everything in this specialty, right? Yeah, we can be very busy. Okay. Um, is this an area that you're seeing interest in from students? Are they going into otolaryngology? Yeah, otolaryngology is um, still one of the most competitive residencies for the medical students. And uh, it, it's, as you might gather from what we've talked about so far, it's uh, very interesting. It offers a broad array of, of specialty uh, interests. You, you can sort of generalize and, and, and try to do a little bit of everything, or you can subspecialize in some of these areas we've talked about. Wow. Well, it's nice to know that that's available here um, in central New York. Like you said, you draw patients from many counties around. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, a, that's a nice resource to have available. I appreciate you coming in to talk with me about this. Sure. Um, my guest has been Dr. Sherard Tatum. He's the interim chair for the Department of Otolaryngology at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.